Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Sunday we call what is or what we have called it our family Sunday to where my my wife and I really just get up here and share some practical teachings from the word of God about marriage about parenting about life Um, and the reason being if you remember this is something I shared with you that the Lord laid on my heart back at the end of the year uh, and I really had a a burden about strengthening our families here at Victory Church. And so I told you that every second Sunday of the month, we would call time out in whatever series that we are in the middle of, and we would just park and talk about the family. So um, this is the second Sunday. It, did it sneak up on you? It, it kind of snuck up on us a little bit as well. And I think it was Wednesday or Thursday evening, we look at each other and said, oh, you know what Sunday is? It's the second Sunday. That means we've got to uh, share a little bit. And uh, we are in the middle of a series, Portraits of Jesus and Snapshots of Jesus. And I've got two more messages I want to preach pertaining to that. Uh, but we'll start that or finish that up next week, okay? So today we wanted to welcome Miss Debbie Cannon. Thank you for being on the stage today. I actually told her, I said, since you're preaching on Sunday, maybe I can just go sit with Dave and let Donetta come to church. And, and no, she said, no, that's not happening, right? And uh, so anyway, she does. We do a lot of counseling together, and we do a lot of tag teaming together. Uh, we're at the point in our marriage and in our life where we finish each other's sentences, right? You guys maybe experienced that. Uh, and when we're in the middle of a counseling session, we're sitting around the table, and, and, she's, and she'll say something like, I want to speak into that. And I'm like, I know exactly what you're going to say, but go ahead. And she will just speak into that. Uh, and so I guess that's just living life together for, this is my high school sweetheart. So not only have we been married for 30, <laughs> let me do the math, four, it'll be 34. It will be 34 years in August. Not only have we been married for 34 years, but we dated through high school. We started dating in the 10th grade, uh, had a little hiccup uh, during that summer. And started dating uh, you again. Didn't hear that you don't story. Have to, you don't have to unpack that. <laughs> you don't have to unpack that today. You guys will hear it. No, I just uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we got back together, <laughs> and uh, we graduated high school in 1983, and we got married in 1984 at 19 years old. I was 19. You were 18 mm-hmm. at the time. That's way too young to get married, you know, for heaven's sakes, right? But we're just kids, and we just kind of grew up together, right? And uh, so... He hasn't always been a pastor, okay? (laughs) And when we graduated, when we, the summer of the 10th grade, I'll tell you, it's a real fast story. Quick. Yeah. But the summer of the 10th grade... No details, just quick. He, we said goodbye at the end of the school year, and we never talked again all summer. He didn't call me at all. And so I'm like, now, okay. Hold on, hold on a minute. you got to realize 
Hold on. He never called. There's, hold on. There's no text messaging. There's no email. There's no cell phones. But there's gas there, in there your car. Thing, there was a thing. There's a phone. There was a thing called long distance. There right? was a way to get it in touch with me. It was long distance for me to call her from my house, so I had to drive. Okay, well to maybe a you guys store, need a marriage counselor. Put a quarter in the put a quarter in the payphone. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And pick up the payphone and call and. Well, anyway, he anyway. didn't call me all summer. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, well, I'm done with this. So I got to ask out on a date. So I went. And so we were, in, we were in, in going to Hickory, and we, we pulled up. And we came to a red light, and holy smoke, I look over there, and there sits John in the next car beside of me. And I'm like, oh, hey, John. He's like, hey. What? And then we get up to the next red light. He jerks his car up in park and gets out. He said, what are you doing with my girl? <laughs> See, I told you, he's not always been a pastor. Anyway, I'm like, what do you mean, your girl? You hadn't called all summer. But he thought I would just sit there and wait. And So that's what happened. So more anyway. to the story, guys. <laughs> Don't sit and wait. She will find somebody else, right? So anyway. Poor guy sitting next to her. He's like, what? what did I do? Yeah. So anyway, that's funny. But anyway. anyway. There's a whole lot more stories just like that that we can tell. <laughs> but we, won't, we won't bore you with all the details of all of that, right? Yeah. Uh, so today, though, we do want to try to share some with you about marriage, about parenting. But today we want to focus on finances. Uh, and we want to start unpacking that. You should have received uh, some sermon notes. We're going to try our best to get through these. Um, the 10 principles on the back, I am not going to try my, to get through that. I just wanted to give that to you, okay, so you'll have it in your possessions. Uh, I'm not even sure we're going to get all the blanks filled in because we start having a conversation up here and it just kind of time gets away from us, okay? But our, our goal is that, that you benefit from this. We really want to uh, just, just be able to speak into your life and help strengthen the families uh, here at our church and uh, and finances is an area where a lot of married couples, a lot of individuals, people just in general struggle. And so we want to try to unpack that a little bit here today. Before we get started, why don't we just go to the Lord in prayer and, uh, and then we'll get started in this. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time together today. And uh, we just pray that you lead our thoughts. We have prepared. Uh, we have jotted some things down. We have work together to try to bring something that will be of value and benefit and honoring to you, but also encouraging to our church family. Lord, we just pray that you speak to our hearts today and open our minds and ears and help us to receive, if nothing else, just some counsel of 34 years of marriage. And, uh, and Lord, we just, we don't claim to be perfect, but we are two people that love each other and that love you and that love people. And God, we just want to speak into the hearts and the minds of, of families today. We ask you to lead our thought process, and may everything be said and done in a way that brings honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open, open them up. I'm going to be at two passages of Scripture, and then we're going to jump out of those passages of Scripture and talk about uh, some things pertaining to finances but Proverbs 21, now the GNT, that's the good news translation. You know, there's a lot of different translations of Scripture that's out there today. Uh, but I love this because it's so pointed and so direct. Now, hold on a minute. If, if, you, if you have a, 
If you have a, uh, what's the term today? If you have a snowflake mentality, you may get offended at the Good News translation, okay? But I want you to look at this. Proverbs 21:20. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, wise people live in wealth and luxury, but, say the next word, stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. Now just park right there a minute. Proverbs 21:20. Wise people live in wealth and luxury. Now you can define what wealth and luxury looks like for you. I guess that's going to be different for everybody. It doesn't mean you're going to have umpteen million dollars and drive a Rolls Royce and live in a 4.2 million dollar house. That's not what I think it's talking about. And I'm not even going to go there and try to define it for you. But it's, I want you to look at page, zero in on the second part of this passage of scripture. It says, but stupid people or Foolish people spend their money as fast as they get it. Now, guys, I've got something for you, and I think I have it in your sermon notes here. The number one reason that couples get a divorce today, it's not necessarily because of adultery, nor is it because of some type of abuse, whether it be physical or emotional abuse. One of the leading reasons that people get divorces today is because of their debt. It's because of the finances. It's because of the stress that debt and finances puts on a relationship. As a matter of fact, I read a statistic and it said that 54% of, the, of divorces in the United States were primarily related to financial pressures. So God's Word says it's stupid. It says we're foolish. And foolishness and living foolish lives or making foolish decisions obviously is going to lead us to some heartache. Our culture says, buy now and pay later, right? I mean, is that not what our culture preaches at us every time we turn the corner and every time we go out into the marketplace, everything? Oh, if you can't afford it, no problem. Just go ahead and buy now and sign here and pay later. I remember um, a story real quick. That right after we got married, um, I went to my dad and asked to borrow a TV. And I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about a flat panel, lightweight TV. I'm talking about a big box TV, okay? It was almost like furniture back in the day. A TV, like that. And he had several in the house, one down in the workshop. And so, one in the workshop, can I borrow that TV in the workshop? And he said, no. Hey, no. And we'd only been married for a couple months, and we didn't have a TV. <laughs> we could only get three or four channels anyway, but we kind of wanted to see the news, right? And so he said, no. He said, he said, wait a minute, I want you to look around. Look in, look in my house. Look around. He said, it's taken your mother and I a lifetime to get to where we are today and have what we have today. You're not going to get it immediately. You're going to have to, and he said these words, work for it. I said, yes, sir. And I left his house without a TV Never went back to my parents again and asked for anything because I knew what the story was going to be. You're going to have to, you finish it for me. Work for it, right? Now, so we went to work, right? But in our culture today, young couples get married and they want to have everything that mom and dad has instantly, right now. And our culture feeds into that and says, if you don't have the money, that's fine. Just sign right here, buy it now and pay for it later. Well, that's going to lead us to trouble. Proverbs 21.20 says, stupid people, foolish people, spend their money as fast as they get it. You want to speak into that for a moment? Anything? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. 
All right, let me look down through here in my notes. I got a couple more things I want to. Hey, I found this in some of my research that the average American, get, get this, the average American puts $1,300 on the credit card for every $1,000 that he makes. Did you hear that? The average American puts $1,300 on their credit card for every $1,000 that they make. Uh, you know what that's called? That's called debt. You know what God calls that? Stupid. Hello? Right? Foolishness to do that. And get this. You don't drift into debt, nor do you drift out of it. You have to be intentional about what you're doing. Now, I'm talking about, look in your notes. The next little thing I have for you in your notes is this. Deciding to build your financial future on the commitment to be responsible starts with intentionality. In other words, you're going to have to be intentional with your finances. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. You're going to have to be intentional with your finances, so, and you need a plan. So we've got a very simple, and this is not original with me or us. The very first time I heard this plan, I was studying the life of a man that has a small department store by the name of J.C. Penney. You ever heard of it? Pretty successful dude, right? I mean, has stores all across America. And very wealthy. But he didn't start out that way. He started out with something that's called the 10-10-80 principle. You guys heard that before? The 10-10-80 principle. So let me say this. If you do not have a financial plan for your family, I promise you that this plan is better than anything you're currently doing right now. Right? Are you with me? So if you don't have a financial plan for your family... I want you to lean into this a little bit. I want you to bump into this. I want you to pay attention to the 10-10-80 principle, and we will try to unpack part of that for you. The first thing I want you to see, the first 10% is give 10% back to God. Now, that's one of the blanks you need to fill in. Give 10% back to God, okay? So whenever you look at your finances, whenever you look at your budget, whenever you look at your paycheck, the very first thing that we should be doing is honoring the Lord with the first fruits of our increase, which is our tithe, giving that back to the Lord. Now, if you will start doing that, I promise you, you'll be blessed. Because how do I know that? God blesses anything and everything that he is first in in your life. Okay? It doesn't matter what it is. You put God first in your life, and he will bless it. And the same thing is true of your finances. So the first thing we need to do with the first 10% is we need to give 10% back to God. Now, notice that I just didn't say give 10% to God. I said give 10% back to God. That's a subliminal message right there. It's saying that God gave it to us anyway, right? God's the one that blessed us with it. So we're giving 10% back to him to honor and to worship him. You want to hit the next one? Yes. And the next one says, keep 10% for yourself. I know sometimes we feel like we cannot afford to save any money. You cannot afford not to save any money. It says, commit to saving money every time you make money. So you should try to give yourself 10%. When you get paid, put 10% in an envelope or put it in a side somewhere where you're going to know that you're going to build up that savings account. So 10%, and you need to try to um, 
financial peace is the best class you can ever take. I don't, if you graduated from high school, you need to take this class. If you're dating somebody, you need to take this class. Everybody needs to take this class. And I brought this book up here, Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace. Beth Evans teaches this right now. And this is, and if you can't take the class, get this book. We, I bought this book, and I could not put it down. I read it, and I read it, and I read it. It is just wonderful. But he says in here that you need a $1,000 emergency fund. Therefore, when you get that emergency fund up, and then you do have an emergency, you have money to cover that instead of putting it on a credit card. And you go, well, I'm already in financial bad shape. How am I going to get $1,000? There's lots of ways to, to take up an extra job somehow. Have a yard sale. You mean go to work? Yes, go to work. If you're, you know, getting in debt is a, mi- I mean, is a microwave. You can get in debt just like that. We went to the mall. You can spend, oh, my goodness, you, if, if your limit on your credit card, it takes a long time to get that p- paid off. It's, that's the crock pot. Once you get in debt, it takes forever to, to get it off. So you've you got to have that $1,000 emergency fund for those emergencies. You've got to do whatever you can to get that $1,000 in there and then just keep it until you have an emergency. Okay? Everybody got that? You pay yourself 10% of whatever you make. Okay, okay? so the first 10%, we're doing what? Giving back to God, right? So now it leaves 90% of the paycheck. The second 10%, you're going to pay yourself. I mean, that's just, that just makes sense. Pay yourself. Get a th- at least a $1,000 emergency fund. You want me to tell you why? Because Murphy is going to visit your home. Are you with me? Your dryer is going to go out. Donetta had a dryer for 35 years. Oh, hold on a minute. That's just crazy. That's crazy. Right? I have my dryers go out 36 like crazy. months, maybe. Hers just bit the dust this week. 35 years. But, you know, I'm sure she's got her money in that savings account to get that dryer. It's going to happen. You know, you're going, to have, you're going to have to have an emergency fund. Can I speak into that? This is off the record, definitely from the cuff right here. Have you guys walked around these places that sell these, these washer and dryer machines and devices? They look like spaceships, and they're all computer electronics, and they're umpteen thousand dollars to get. And I mean, that, to me, I may be stepping on toes right here. That's foolish. I mean, all I need to do is wash some clothes. Hello? Just put it in there, let it churn a little bit, put some soap on it. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to stick it in something where it's going to flop around and get dry. And by the way, how many of you guys ever really love to take all of your guests into your laundry room? So come look at this beautiful washer and dryer that I have on display. Nobody wants to go see your laundry room, do they? Right? So let me put in a little nugget right here. There's a little place in yeah, Belleville. Yeah, I didn't tell them that. Are you? Yeah. Go ahead. No. There's a place in Belleville that refurbishes washing machines and dryers for $175. Yeah. Yeah. Go get it. Go get it and stick it in your closet and shut the door. Yeah. Who cares if they yeah. match? Who cares what it looks like? Now listen, I'm OCD. That stuff bothers me. But in the washer room, <laughs> shut the door. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. $175 instead of 400 on a dryer that's going to last you two years at my yeah. house. Let me tell you. Yeah. We... We, we, probably more me, made a mistake years ago, and we went and did that. Yeah. And we spent thousands of dollars on this beautiful washer and dryer. And the thing didn't last any longer than... Yeah, uh, guess what happened to that? I had a cannon shelf in there, and I had put all my cannon stuff up there. And one day, we heard this huge 
an explosion in our laundry room. The cannon shelf completely fell down, soup everywhere, and our washer and dryer completely crashed inside. Yeah, so that was that was a disaster. So go to Belleville, pay $175. Yeah, well, tell them, tell them Pastor John and Debbie sent you yeah. sent you over there, and and if you don't know where it is, let us know. We'll yeah, help you. Great place. Okay, because then if it tears up, who cares, right? You have really nothing invested in it. If it washed a couple hundred loads of clothes, then you're good, right? Hello? Okay. All right, so $10 we give back to God. I'm $10. (laughs) Erase that. 10%. (laughs) 10% we give back to God, right? So we're honoring him with our tithe. Guys, you've got to do that first. I mean, you've got to do that first. You may say, well, I can't afford to do that. You can't afford not to do that, right? The only time that God says to try me in something is in that area right there, Malachi 3.10. Test me in this, he said. Try me in this. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you, okay? And I can give you more stories about that, but we've got to move on. 10% back to God. 10% to yourself, all right? Keep paying. Even if you get a $1,000 emergency fund, keep paying 10% to yourself. Keep building it and building it. Matter of fact, Dave Ramsey goes on to say that you need three to four months of expenses in cash, ready, in case something were to happen, that you're out of work, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the point is, keep paying yourself that 10%, right? Now, the next one is 80%. What are you going to do with that? You're going to live on 80%. You're going to live on that 80%. you are going to give 10 to God. You're going to pay yourself 10 and then you're going to learn to live on 80%. Now, let me finish the story with J.C. Penney real quick. J.C. Penney started this when he started his business. He opened his very first small little store, started selling some clothing, and he said, Lord, he's a Christian man. He said, Lord, if you bless me in this, I want to honor you with my tithe and with my offerings. But, so I'm going to start this 10-10-80. I'm giving you 10%. I'm going to save 10%. And of all the profits that I make, I'm going to live on 80%. And that's how I'm going to live. God started blessing him. Then he gave 20%, saved 10, lived on 70. God continued to bless him. He gave 30%, saved 10, lived on 60, right? God continued to bless him. He, he gave 40%. God continued to bless him. He gave 50%, saved 10, lived on 40, right? And then God continued to bless him. He gave 60 and 70 and 80. He got to the point where he started just giving it all to God's work and to God's ministry because he had plenty of wealth and had more than he needed. But you would say, well, I'll tell you what. If God would bless me like that, where I had millions of dollars like J.C. Penney, then I would do that. Let me remind you, he started that when he had nothing. 10, 10, 80, right? And here's something I know. If you're not a giving person now at whatever salary you're at now, you're not going to be a giving person if God doubles that salary for you. Because your heart's got to change, right? Are you with me? So 10, 10, 80 principle. And... Um, Oh, there's more I could say about that, but let me ask you, let me ask you this. We, we know that we're stewards, right? Everything belongs to God, and we're just stewards of what he's placed in our possession. In my notes, I have this question that I want to ask you. One day, we're all going to stand before God, right? We're going to stand before him. Actually, Dustin, I think, spoke to this uh, that one Sunday that he brought the message and brought a fantastic message that Sunday uh, on, the, uh, on the talents. Uh, and one day, we're going to stand before the Lord, and we're going to give an account on what God has blessed us with and the talents that he's placed in our possession. And I just think that maybe possibly that one day God will say, were you responsible with what I gave you on earth? My question to you is, how are you going to answer that question? 
Whenever you think about, are you responsible? Think about God asking us, are we responsible with what he gave us? How are we going to answer that? Because all of us one day will answer unto the Lord. So give 10% to God, save 10%, live on 80%. So I have a couple questions here I want to ask you. What is your biggest temptation when it comes to managing your finances responsibly? Shout out some answers. What's your biggest temptation? Whenever you look at your ma- your managing your finances, what's maybe something that tempts you or something that maybe you struggle with or maybe nobody wants to shout out any of that information? But anybody, got anything? What's some of your biggest challenges? The beauty shop? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody? Shop. Going out to eat. That's my That's favorite kind of thing a, to do. Yeah, we kind of, when we're looking at our budget, we got we to gotta curb this a little bit, right? Because that's one of our things that we enjoy doing. What's somebody else? Shopping? Yeah. Right? By the way, I'm a guy. I love to shop. I love shopping. I mean, I'm just that guy. Weird, right? I love to go shopping. I like clothes. And, you know, look at this shirt. This is a brand new shirt. I gave 12 bucks for this shirt. Are you listening to me? This is a Michael Kors shirt. Does it look good, Jamie? <laughs> it's a Michael Kors shirt. I gave 12 bucks for it. You go to Dillard's to get this shirt, you're going to pay 85 to 100 bucks for it. I went to Burlington. Our favorite store. Woo! You guys ever been to Burlington? I mean, I gave Oh, nothing. my goodness. Pennies. So yeah. you can find deals out there and good stuff, but you've got to be intentional about it, right? Okay, so I don't know how I got off on that. Where was I going? Oh, challenges. Jamie got shopping, me derailed. Shopping. She got me derailed right there. What's some of your other your challenges? Anybody? Shout them out. We're all in this together, okay? We're just church family here. Anybody else? Somebody, I heard something. Jewelry? Jewelry? Yeah. Yep. Anybody else? I'm sorry? Your kids? Who said that? Oh, yeah. right here. Yep. Yeah, kids? Yeah, that's a big one. Anybody when the else? kids come along, mom don't get anything for a long time. I'm just telling you. Who? Mom don't get anything when the kids come along. That's, <laughs> moms want to spend it on the kids. What? <laughs> okay, the, uh, the 10 10 80 principle that we just shared, giving 10% to God, saving 10%, living on 80 what, do you, what is harder, giving 10% to God or saving 10% or both? Saving? Yeah. That's the second thing you should do. I know. Even if it's, even if it's not 10%, give something. Save something. Okay? It adds up. Save your change, too. I have a jar. You can just throw in your, in your coins. That adds up. I pick up all, all pennies. John can't stand it. He says, that's gross. Don't pick that up. But it spins after you collect it. It just spins right along with everything else. That's the nasty stuff, right? (laughs) Those stuff laying around. Uh, I don't pick up pennies. Yeah, but 10, 10, 80. That is something that we all need to live on. So if you do not have a family financial plan in place right now, I want you to leave here today and implement this. Okay? Give 10% to God and pay attention. Just give 10% to God. Pay yourself 10%. And learn to live on 80%. I promise you, you can do it. But it's going to take some discipline. And it's going to take you being intentional in order 
to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me, uh, let's talk about some practical things that we can do together as a husband and wife or as a family when it comes to our finances. I think that's a great financial plan. If you don't have one, adopt that, the 10-10-80. You start living that out and then come and talk to me, you know, six months, eight months, a year after you start doing that, and you'll be amazed at what has taken place in your life if you'll just put that into practice, okay? So let me give you a few practical things. Uh, as a matter of fact, I want us to look in First Timothy chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If not, I'll have it on the screen for you. But in First Timothy chapter number 6, verse 6, down through verse number 10. Look what it says here. But godliness with, what's the next word? Contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to be rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. It's that passion and that desire to become rich and wealthy. You've got to be careful because you can fall into destruction and it's ruined a lot of people's lives in the past. I want you to look at verse number 10. This verse is often misquoted, and I want you to pay attention to it. Verse number 10 says this, For the, read what I have underlined, love of money. Okay? It's not money. Don't just say, hey, money's the root of all evil. No, 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 no. That's taking God's word out of context. That's not what God's word says, right? You go back and you study all the wealthy people in the Bible. Some of the patriarchs were extremely wealthy. So it's, it's not a sin to be wealthy. Are you with me? It's not less spiritual to be wealthy or more spiritual to live in poverty. Are you with me? I saw a meme the other day, and it had um, it was a preacher that put this meme out the other day, and it had two lines, like a little kid selling a lemonade stand, had a little stand here with a sign across the top, had a little stand here with a sign across the top. And this one little stand, it was I had two preachers standing at each stand. The one stand said, give your life to Jesus. Nobody was in his line. The next little stand right beside him said, God wants you to be wealthy and rich. And the line went all the way down the street. What's wrong with that picture? First, we've got to give our heart to the Lord, right? We've got to give our life to the Lord, okay? But the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. evil. And some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, there's several areas, and we talked actually last month, about marriage and about oneness, how God's goal for us is to be one in our marriage, okay, in every area, but also in the area of our finances. Now, there's some practical ways that we can become one in the area of our finances, but here's one thing I know. God has a sense of humor, does he not? I mean, God, God can take two totally opposite people and bring them together and place them in a relationship. Is that true in your life? It's true in our life, right? God has brought two people that completely opposites and brought them together. For instance, one loves to save and another just doesn't mind spending. Now, Dave Ramsey has a word for that. One is a nerd and one is a free spirit. So in your marriage, what do you, you don't have to shout it out. We don't want to embarrass anybody. But think about who is the nerd in your relationship and who is the free spender. Free spirit. 
The free spirit. Who do you think? Who do you think it is in ours? Who do you think the nerd is in our family? <laughs> it is. She just yeah. stresses over all that stuff. I'm like, woo. Yeah. You know, he don't ever worry going, about anything. Okay. I, I do enough for both of us, but you know, I worry about. I just, I'm thinking ahead. I'm thinking ahead, planning ahead. It's not he like I'm to. not thinking ahead. See, well, there we go again. But <laughs> he is the free spirit, and and you know what? It's not anything wrong with that either. You know, because if you're a nerd and you're just constantly worried about it, worried about that, you're going to be miserable. And he's a free spirit, and. You know, he can't just keep doing that or we would be flat broke, okay? So it takes both of you compromising and keeping each other focused. And we have this little thing. We do this. That's all you got to do. Just focus. Got the message. Focus. Matter of fact, I got that one time. I was playing on a church basketball league. Yes. And it was one Saturday morning, and it was getting rough on the court. And I was starting to lose my Jesus, if you know what I mean. Are you guys with me? And I look up in the stand, and my wife is standing up going. Yep. And I'm like, Coach, take me out. I need, I need to go sit down. <laughs> yeah, I'll never, remember, I'll never forget that day because somebody, Tyler was playing on the team, and somebody blocked him. Re- and he was a kid at the time. Somebody blocked him really hard. A man him, blocked him Yeah, really and hard. knocked him flat down. Kid, and really? John said, put me in, Coach. And I knew right then where he was going. <laughs> And I was, ba- I was breaking out in sweat beads, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've got to get his attention. So I just stood up, and, and he, he kind of calmed down. But, you know, so we have that thing. Whenever- That's after I was a preacher, right? I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm leading the church in church basketball. Yeah. So yeah. I quit playing basketball after Yeah, that. well, we, he, we had to get him out there. So, but so anyway, anyway, so it takes two of you. you got to focus when one of them, you, you know, you just got to kind of stay on the same page. Okay. So there's a nerd and there is a free spirit. And I am a free spirit. I, I really am. And I don't worry a lot about a lot of things. And, um, and Debbie does. But it brings balance to our marriage. Now, here's what I want, want us to get out of this. I want us to experience oneness in our finances. Okay? Coming together as a husband and wife together around your finances. Now, listen. The nerd loves numbers. I'm not really a numbers guy. Right? I don't. I don't get all excited when I see charts. Are you with me? I'm just not that guy. I don't get all excited when I see bar graphs or pie graphs. I just don't get all excited about that. I'm just not a numbers guy. Now, I like to look at it. I like to acknowledge it. But it's usually like, hmm, yeah, great. Praise the Lord. Okay? I'm ready to go on. All right? That's kind of where I am with it. Okay? So it takes two. But I want you to know there's oneness. Now, here's what I want you to get. Never, ever, 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 ever in marriage is there her money and his money. Never. It is our money. Right? Are you with me? Shake your head. Yeah. In marriage, you're one. Even in the area of your finances. Okay? So it doesn't matter who makes the most. That's completely irrelevant. And if you ever throw that up at each other, that's just cruel, right? Because that, you're just tearing down your spouse, right? It's cruel to do that. So it's never about who makes more money than the other. It's about, hey, we've got in this thing together. And let me say one more thing about this. Whenever you come together in marriage, you bring everything together 
in marriage. I'm not just talking about your in-laws, right? You also bring each other's finances, right, together in marriage. You also bring each other's debt together in marriage. Now it's our debt, not your debt, not his or her debt. It's our debt. And both of us work together to pay this debt down. Get it? Got it? Good. Okay? So I just want you to see, there's no such thing as his money and her money. It's our money. Okay? And that's a principle that we have lived by our entire lives. Not one time ever. Now, there were for many, many years that Debbie never worked outside the home. She did before we had kids. When we had kids, she decided to put her career and everything on hold. She would do nothing and stay home and work at home and manage and raise the kids at home. Okay? And that's what she did. And I was the only one bringing in a paycheck. But not one time did I ever go back into our marriage and say, I'm bringing home all the bacon. I'm bringing home all the money. I'm doing all of this. Therefore, I should get all these privileges. No. No. Right? It's our money. And later, after the kid's grown and she's able to get a job, and now that comes in, it's still our money. Are you with me? Okay. Yes, and and we do... When Dave Ramsey taught the envelope system, and you know, you out of that eighty percent that you're going to keep, you're going to figure out your budget, and you, and if you need to do the envelope system, like put gas money, grocery money, spending money for jewelry and clothes, and all of that, you can you can put envelopes for that, and when you get paid, it goes in those envelopes. And then even your car, if you know you're going to have need tires, you're going to have to have oil change, make you an envelope. Everything, when you do that 80%, make you an envelope for it, and then each time you get paid, you put it in there, okay? Then when you need it, you, ha- you have it. John said, Debbie, people don't really do envelopes anymore. And I said, honey, I'm the nerd. I still do envelopes. I do. And that's why I was thinking about thinking ahead. You know, I've been thinking ahead all year because I've got a wedding. I've got a destined trip I want to go on. So I've been putting money in my envelopes, you know, for everything I think I'm going to need. And when and it comes, comes there, I'm going to have what I need. But I started way back then. I made my envelopes. I stick it in there, and I have it. And she's okay. very good at that. I'm not a cash guy. I just don't like cash or change in my pocket. I'm not that guy. I'm a debit card guy. And if I forget my debit card, I am, I'm in trouble, right? Because I, I never have cash. If I go somewhere and they say, oh, it's cash only, I'm in trouble because I never have cash. But Debbie does. And she still to this day will go to the bank and get cash out, even if the money's direct deposited in. She will still go to the bank. And, Roy, we had this discussion yesterday about it's a good idea to have some cash. And Debbie has it, okay? And she'll go and she'll cash out and she'll do these envelopes and she'll do all this stuff. And then when it's time for our trip, I mean, we've had some things. We've gone on some trips and done some things and purchased some things. And I look at her and I'm like, ha, this is amazing. Cash, 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 cash. Pay for it, pay for it, pay for it. And wow, that's so much easier to live that way. And we're not paying for card, a trip card, we took 10 years ago. We're still paying on that trip. You see what I'm saying? It, you can spend a lot of money, but if you have that cash, it, you can watch it go. It's, it's not fun. So you're, you're more frugal. I'm a frugal franny. That's why I go to Ross's. You guys go to Ross's? Oh, my goodness, the bargains. Like, I bought a shower curtain thing for my shower curtain, $5.99 there, went to Bed Bath & Beyond, $12.99. Same exact thing. So go to Ross's first and then go to Burlington. 
<laughs> I can I tell, tell you all kinds of things that yeah. she does as far yeah. as saving money, but that's something you should do, right? Okay, so let me give you some things you can do together, okay? There's four of these that I want you to get. Jot these down in your sermon notes. These are things that you need to do together as husband and wife together. Even if you're the free spirit, Dave Ramsey says, as painful as it is for the free spirit, you've got to come and sit down at the table and at least act like you're interested. Are you with me? Right? It takes both of you guys coming together. Now, one thing you can do together is pay your bills together. Even if you are a free spirit, and I'm a free spirit, but I know exactly what we owe each month. I mean, I've even went on Excel, and I've built out a budget, and I know how to do all the calculations, and I know how to put in numbers, and I know how they can total up, and I know what the income is, and I've got it all kind of set up. You do it automatically, boom, it all tabulates. I know how to do all that. I just don't enjoy doing it. Are you with me? But I force myself to sit down and do that. Matter of fact, I haven't filed my taxes yet. Y'all know what next week is? Guess what I'll be doing one day this week? I hate it. You hate it? I hate that. I hate doing my taxes. But I've got to do it, right? So we got to sit down together and we got to get that done so we can get it in by the 15th, right? Are you with me? So my point is, do it together. The nerd loves it. I mean, it's Super Bowl Sunday for the nerd, right? When you're sitting down and working on the budget and bringing it all together, I mean, they just love it, right? And you know, lay out all the graphs and the charts and all the bills and everything, but you both have got to come together. Well, when you both do it together, that lets you both see, listen, we don't have this to spend on frivolous things this week. We've got to wait. But if you don't, if you don't have a clue... What you have, then you don't have a clue. You're just, you just get in trouble that way. Yeah. So it's best that you come together. And even if you're a single parent, you can still live by these, pro- these things too. Okay? Yeah. And it's just a little bit harder. But you guys can still do these same things. Even right. if you're a one, of, one of the areas that we talked about was a challenge for us is going out to eat. We love to do that. Just We love to go explore. We love to go into new areas and look for restaurants and look for places to go and eat. We just mm-hmm. love doing that. However... When we sit at the table working on the budget, we may look at each other. She may look at me and say, you know what? We need to curb our going out to eat. I'm going to go to the grocery store, and she's fantastic with this. And she has a whole, I want her to do a class one day on coupons and budgeting and buying groceries. It's amazing. Now, you don't want to send me to the grocery store because I'm like, yeah, that looks good, and that looks good, and that looks good, and that looks good. And I can blow a budget out of the water when I go to the grocery store. Not really. Ice cream and cereal. That's what he would buy. Right? (laughs) Pop tarts. (laughs) So, but the point is, you need to know. And so she'll say, you know what? I'm going to plan meals. We're going to eat at home this day, this day, this day. I'm going to plan meals for this and that and the other. So, on your calendar, we're going to eat at home here. All of that is helping and working on the budget. Okay? So it takes both of you guys coming together. Number two, plan your budget together. I may have bumped into that already. So plan our budget together. Come together and talk about that. So pay your bills together. Plan your budget together. By the way, let me back up here. On pay your bills together, what do you think is the very first bill we should pay? Yeah, our tithe, right? So we want to give back to God first. And I remember. And then yourself. Yeah, and then yourself. So that's the first two bills you pay. 
And uh, I remember back in the day, so much is done electronically now and online and everything else. But back in the day when it was pencil and paper and all the bills spread out over the table, we used to kind of lay over, the, put our hands over those things and pray over them before we even cut a check. And then, of course, we wrote the first check to the ministry, to the church, uh, and then kind of went from there. So paying your bills together, working and planning your budget together. Number three, this is a good Let me one. go back on that plan your budget together. You can meal plan and... You know, and do that. I mean, they, it's so easy now. You can look on the computer, and they have it for you as far as meal planning. But if you make a list and plan out your meals for the week, you would be surprised at how much money you can spend on your groceries. But if you don't have any idea what you're going to fix for the week, and you just go to the grocery store, you're going to spend a lot more money than you would if you would make a make a plan and then buy that. Say, say. Like when I was a stay-at-home mom, I had to be very frugal to make our my food make it to the end of the week. So we would, I would say, okay, we'll have, I'll buy hamburgers, hamburger meat. We'll have cheeseburgers this night, tacos this night, spaghetti this night. And so I bought everything to go with it, and I would have everything I needed. And then we'd do chicken. I'd have meals for chicken to do several days. And, I mean, it cut our my grocery bill in half. Okay, so make a plan when you go to the grocery store. Have your meal plan ready, and you can eat a lot healthier, too, if you do that. Okay, does that make sense? Get it? Two more things real quick, and then we'll be done. The third one is agree on any major purchases together. Okay, all the major purchases, you need to agree on that together, right? Whatever it is. You know, I don't know that there's any room to go out and surprise your wife with a brand-new pickup truck. I'm thinking she's not going to enjoy that as much as you are. Are you with me? So all the major purchases in your life, you need to communicate and talk those things through together. I can't imagine doing something without at least, and it's not going to look for approval. It's just really, it boils down to this. It boils down to just respecting each other. I mean, it's a respect thing, right? I mean, there's nobody I love on this earth more than her. So I don't want to do anything that's going to disrespect her. I don't want to say anything to her that's going to disrespect her. I don't want to do anything to her that's going to disrespect her. Why? Because we're one. Whenever I tear her down, I'm tearing myself down. Say amen or oh me, but stay with me. You hear? All right? So it comes down to a respect thing. Uh, we would just never, and I hope you won't either. Don't, don't make major purchases without talking to one another about those. And I guess you have to define what major is in your family, uh, but there needs to be a dollar amount there that you guys come into a mutual agreement with. You know, anything, boy, I, I, we were really going to talk this thing out together. You may want to pray it through together. Hello? So. Yeah, and I have another one, a thing that I thought was really good. When we fail to plan, we plan to fail. Do you hear what I said? When we fail to plan, we, it, yeah, we plan to fail. You have got to plan your finances. You have got to think ahead. And like you said, you've got to do it together. I mean, it just builds oneness. It keeps you both on the same page, and it keeps you from fighting. You know, so stay, on, stay focused and work through these finances and things together. And it will build your marriage, too, and you won't be fussing over little frivolous things. Yeah, okay? you're... There'll be no shock factor. You'll, you'll know what's taking place in the family budget, right? 
you'll know exactly how you're planning to live your next few weeks together because you've already worked through it. The last one, and this is kind of, all these kind of run together, but manage your finances together. Uh, both of you sit down together, talk these things through, work through them together, uh, pray about them together. It's just that oneness in the area of your finances, and it's important that we gather together and do that. So I guess that's kind of it. I have uh, the 10 principles about money. Uh, that's in your, your sermon notes. I just printed them all and gave them to you there, and there's some really good stuff um, in here. Realize that money can't make you happy. That's big. Live for what really matters. Know that riches will pass away. Be content with what you have. Put people and relationships above money. That's a good one. Uh, share what you have with ones you love. Invest in the right places. Keep character above acquiring. Don't cling to what you have. Hold it loosely. I love that song. Or that song because my mind went back to my teenage years. You remember the band 38 Special? Remember the, remember the song, Hold On Loosely? You guys with me? You okay? Ooh, I love that song. I still love that band, right? But when I look at it, yes, that's how we need to live life, right? Even our finances, just hold it loose, right? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's scripture, right? So um, hold on to it loosely. Don't cling to it. Um, give generously to things that will live beyond your lifetime, and that's the Lord's work. I want to I be able to give my time, my effort, my energy, my talents, and my money to something that's going to way outlive me and something that's going to have value all through eternity, and that's the Lord's work. Okay? So you got anything else? Yeah. If you guys are interested in, in learning couponing or learning where we find real good deals, let me know. Text me. Send me. I'll send you any information that I have. And Yeah, I think if you guys yeah. would like it, it's going to have to come from you guys because... It, it, she she really does a fantastic job with cutting coupons. You may or may not be into that, but I'm amazed to watch her go in and buy groceries and bring out all these groceries for just a few bucks. It's amazing how she can do that. I know there's several others that she's told me that Heather does, does that. I know Heather, Heather. Heather, I saw her coupon uh, one day. So yeah, maybe, coupon buddy. Yeah, there maybe, you go. You know, maybe you guys can get together. I think that's a great class that she should teach because I'm amazed at the money that she has saved us in doing that. There's also an app on your phone called Shopkick. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. But you can earn money just by going shopping. You're already going anyway. So I have, I have a few things that I can help you with if you want to do it. Well, on your Shopkick, tell me, what was it, $500? Well, this past year, I'll just tell you how I did it. I, had, I did Shopkick all year, and when it came Christmas time, I went and cashed them all in, and I had eight $25 gift cards, free gift cards from I could get them pretty much anywhere. So what is that, $200 that I didn't have to do a thing for? I was going shopping, scanned. Got, you, get, you get kicks if you go in. You get kicks if you scan certain items. It, it does take time, but I still earned eight dollars <laughs> gift cards for Christmas. Yeah. And then she yeah. gave, them all, gave them away gave at Christmas time. I'm yeah. going to give this as a gift, give this a gift, and gave them all away at Christmas yeah, time. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. However, though, if you ever see my wife in the liquor and wine aisle at Walmart, she's not there buying that to bring home. There are points she gets on this shop kick thing. She scans it and then gets points. Yeah. She got caught there one yeah. day. She said, oh, John, oh, my I goodness. I was in Walgreens, and I was searching it. I'm not good at it, so I don't know a lot of wines or anything. So I'm like, oh, my God. It takes me a few minutes to find them. So I found the bottle of wine, it was, and I pulled it down, and, I was, and he said, Debbie. And I went, oh. <laughs> Hi. 
praise. <laughs> I said, I'm stop kicking, so I'll show you what I was doing. He anyway. said, like, yeah, sure, right, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. You're taking that home to pastor, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so, you can you can you can earn a little money doing that. So there's you know. so many ways that yeah. So I'll be glad to help you out with any of that. Okay. But, but we get just this to... book. Sorry, get this book and read it. Okay, you will it enjoy it. It is a great book. If you need more information about financial peace, you can see us. But see Beth, she does an amazing job teaching that here at the church or facilitating that here at the church. And she gives a lot of time, effort, and resources that she purchases just for these classes. So, uh, Beth, hold your hand up. There's Beth Evans right there waving. Give her a hand for teaching that. I think it's fantastic. If if you have never, ever, ever taken Dave, Dave Ramsey's class, or if you did, and maybe it was many years ago, I encourage you, get in there, take it again, take it for the first time if you haven't taken it. It will give you a whole paradigm shift in the area of your finances. Yeah, I was and, just and I was here just a couple of weeks ago, and, and I, Beth was finishing up a class, and I said, hey, how's it going? She goes, it's going great. She's got some people in this class that are focused on getting debt-free, and they have paid thousands of dollars off, haven't they, Beth? They have focus, and, you know, I'm, I'm, that makes me feel good. Yeah. I mean, because I want to see you guys all be a success financially, spiritually, your family's a success. And, you know, I, it was exciting to hear. I mean, these two, these two members just were serious about getting debt-free, and, they, and she said they'd paid off thousands of dollars. No. Just this class. No, no name or anything, you know, but what's the dollar amount that, that this group has paid off in your financial peace class? Do you know? I'm going to put you on the spot. 50,000, 50, $50,000 worth of debt paid off in this class alone. Did you hear what I said, folks? Yes. $50,000 of debt paid off in this class alone because of Financial Peace University. They, that, they got serious and they focused yeah. and they did it. It's a paradigm so It can be done. It can be done. And I won't sit up here and teach all of David. I love him. I listen to his radio stuff. I read all of his books. It's just fantastic. He has amazing podcasts you can listen to. When I'm traveling, I'm listening to Dave often. Uh, but here's, here's the deal. And he says this in all of his classes and everything. At the, you either tell your dollar where it's going to go or it's going to tell you where it's going. And then you're going to get to the end of the month. And you're like, where did it all go? Well, you didn't tell it where it was going. Okay? And it disappears. So before you even get a dollar, you need to know where that dollar is going. That's enough of Dave Ramsey. That's good stuff. Yeah, we can stand up here long time. Okay, guys, we're done today. Hope you enjoyed this. This is our family Sunday, and uh, we just want to try to bring some practical things that can help you as a family. We won't bring the band back up. We're kind of late today, so we'll just... Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you've just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.